Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Hey, y'all, we're back for another week of Tis the Podcast, the podcast dedicated to keeping the Christmas spirit alive 365 days a year. I'm Julia. I'm Anthony. I'm Tom. Hey, y'all. Another Hi. week. You know, what, you know what's crazy? What? What? Next week is our last week of August. That is that is wonderful. I'm pretty excited. I bought my first Halloween thing this last week, yesterday, in fact. What did you get? Uh, it's just a doormat that says has a ghost on it. Something about boo. I don't know. It was cute. It was at Sam's. I, I suspect bought- you've already purchased for Halloween, Anthony. <laughs> Today. <laughs> oh, what'd you get? Uh, between Hallmark and Spirit Halloween and all the new Hocus Pocus merchandise both of those places have this year. My bank account's not going to like, I'm not going to like my bank account when I check it. <laughs> Too much good stuff to, to pass up. Yeah, Spirit Halloween's really come a long way. I mean, I feel like Disney's finally marketing this thing 30 years later. <laughs> so what'd you get? Oh, they have like statuette. They have uh, this bink sitting on Emily's grave that lights up and he talks and stuff. And they have a Hallmark sells a black flame candle. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Spirit Halloween, if you go on, they have like six pages of Hocus Pocus merchandise, not even including uh-huh. costumes. Um, nice. Yeah. Oh, speaking of costumes, are you going to dress up with Sarah this year? And go do fun stuff like you've done in the past? Me, Sarah, and Larry are going to be Little Red Riding Hood, the Huntsman, and we're putting Larry in grandma's clothes. So it's like the wolf who ate grandma. Oh, we're going to put gosh. him in a, you know, a little robe with glasses and a hat. You know, the little... Yep. <laughs> That's going to be really adorable. To, I was really hoping to see you and Will buy her hair. <laughs> uh, maybe season five if they actually give him something to do. I think he's going to be busy season five. I thought quite, but a, I assume there are going to be a million awful Vecna costumes on the street this year. And I say awful because if you go on Amazon or spirit Halloween, like the costume just looks crap. I mean, you could probably buy like a $600 one that looks really good, but the $60 one on all these sites just looks like cheap rubber. Oh man. That's disappointing. It'd be like perfect, perfect costume for like a group of friends, right? Like the Stranger Things cast? Yeah. Yeah. I always thought that and I always thought like Clue. Like if you had the six characters. Yes. Clue would be awesome. That would be great. That's a great idea. Speaking of which, I saw the movie Bodies, Bodies, Bodies from 824. 
And I loved it. It's basically almost like Clue. Like, you know, they're at a hurricane, they're at a hurricane house party. They're playing one of those, you know, murder games, like who is a killer, you know, and in the dark, and then a real mm-hmm. dead body shows up. So it's like it's fun. Nice. It's more of a horror comedy, like kind of like Ready or Not, than you mm-hmm. know, horror which movie. I enjoyed. Yeah. Okay. Well, Can we pause for a list. second? We were just talking about eight twenty-four. Did y'all see the picture of the new Adams Family cast? Well, the Wednesday cast. I did see it today. Good. I did see it today. Yeah, I don't love him as Gomez. It's a comic Gomez. Everyone keeps saying that, but that's exactly what it looks like in the comic. He's not like yeah, but maybe we just have to thank Raul Julia for really setting a new standard for what Gomez should be. Not only Raul has ruined me. Was he the TV show? No, he was the movie. Who played him on the TV? He was the movie version. TV show version was also good. (laughs) Nope, I don't. I do not like zero stars. Do not recommend. I okay. He looks exactly like the comic. He does. You've seen That's him. Fine. Catherine Zeta-Jones looks great as Morticia. Jenny Ortega looks mm. perfect as Wednesday. Wednesday and Pugsley look too big. Well, Pugsley. this is. This is them older on. They're not young. This is her I know. high school. Uh, yes, that's fine. Okay. I but Gomez is I, not okay. I'm not okay with Gomez. I haven't liked Tim Burton's remakes. Tim Burton. Oh, is this is Tim Burton? It is. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. It is. Now they showed thing in a promo video a few months ago. He's all stitched up. Okay. Yep. I don't know. I mean, I'm gonna still watch it. It's a great Morticia. It's but... wild that we live in a time where the Adam Stanley and the Monsters are coming out with new versions, like within a week of one another. Yeah, that is wild. So is it a did you say it was a show format or a movie? It's a show on Netflix. Okay. And it'll drop around what Halloween sometime? September. It's the end of September. Lots of things end of September. Adam's Family, The Monsters, Hocus Pocus, which I'm getting more nervous about because I don't... <laughs> I was telling Sarah I can't handle it if I'm like Tom in the Home Sweet Home Alone <laughs> where I'm the only one who enjoyed it and I'm like fighting to defend it on the podcast. <laughs> so, so not going to lie, there are some nerves there. <laughs> I, I hope it's I hope it's terrible so you have to defend it. Go through that. <laughs> um, also coming out is Guillermo del Toro's Was it Cabinet Ooh, that, of Curiosities? That looks spooky. Yep. That does look spooky. I saw it was the first thing I'd seen about it was today. And that looks good and very scary. That comes out in October. My spooky season is filling out nicely. Have y'all read his short story, Cabin of Curiosities? Oh, is it based on something he wrote? Yeah. I didn't know that. I'll read it before him. Is it a series of like short stories, like six or something? I don't know. I just read this and was really sounding smart and you ruined it for me, Julia. Oh, nice. Oh my <laughs> like gosh. how I just <laughs> ripped that apart. Nice. Yep. Love it. That was the intentional. Cast, <laughs> the cast is going to be amazing, though. Mm-hmm. It looks very tales Christ, 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 but not funny. Christine funny. must be a very secure person because I would never know if you were telling the, tr- the truth. I, that would oh, me we have a, That's how I am with Marty. <laughs> we, have a very, we have a very strong rule that I don't know if I told you this. When Ellie was little, we saw it from Stranger Things. And the way we taught her to be honest was always friends don't lie. Honesty is a, is one of the pillars of Cassidy Crow. 
It's honestly one of yeah, the only ways does, that, that Christine gets mad is being lied to. Does teasing count as lying? No. Tonight I convinced tonight I convinced Ellie that she should eat peas on a cob. <laughs> I tried Speaking to. And Ellie. Like, yes. And your children, Julia, because we were just talking about spooky season. Do they know what they're going to be for Halloween this year? Well, I mean, I'm only going to have like two that dress up. Ethan oh, yeah. hates dressing up. Like, who even is he? And I don't know that Hannah will. She might because it's her senior year and they might do some things. So maybe. Um, but I don't know what Jude are, and Gabe are going to be. Are you sure Ethan wasn't switched at the uh, switched at birth? I think he must have been. Well, no, he, he gets it from been. Marty. Marty hates to dress up. Hates it. So he gets it from his dad. Uh, I'm still convinced Hannah might have switched on birth ever since she told you and Marty once National Lampoon's Christmas vacation isn't even that funny. <sighs> she was switched. <laughs> Do you know how Ellie teases me? <laughs> how? Just uh, everything around here is Christmas. I'm so tired of Christmas. Oh, <laughs> she doesn't mean it though, right? I hope not. Yeah, I hope not too. I hope not either because her and Gabe and my future child, the future of the show. Yeah. <laughs> the legacy yeah. sequel yeah congratulations we got everything good here good luck <laughs> tis the podcast colon still podcasting <laughs> still pot wait tis the podcast colon over our dead bodies <laughs> <laughs> well so we're excited about halloween and things cooling off and the creep to Christmas, but like anything else super fun happened this week? Are we really just soaking in the, the lateness of this August? I got to enjoy the amazingly beautiful weather in San Francisco last week. Is it mild and delightful? It's always nice. It was cool. Some people complained it was too cold. (laughs) You said not possible. Pretty much. But yeah. it was weird. It was weird to travel again. Yeah. But the first time, it's not the first time you traveled. The first. I thought you went somewhere else. Oh, I went you to my brother-in-law's funeral. It. No, I, okay. we haven't gone anywhere. We haven't driven anywhere. We just, I flew for my brother-in-law's funeral. And yeah, that was it. Wow. I, um, still really hot here, but the mornings are getting cooler. Like when I take Larry out, which is nice. That is nice. We're getting a cool. That's the only time. Here. Yeah. It's the only time it's cool here is in the mornings, but yeah, it's like going to be in the eighties for the rest of the week. I'm super jazzed about that. Super. Yeah, we've got storms coming in and cooling off the weather and no 106 degrees. Yay. You know, I was reading New York and this whole area of the country was supposed to be, have a higher than average hurricane season. Oh. And hurricane season goes to October 1st, but I don't even recall any tropical storms coming up this way. And I'm not complaining. <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, right. That was yeah. a miss. It was a miss. Julia Colburn. It's not a bad Farmer's one. Almanac says the whole country is going to experience a very, in their words, bad winter. In my words, yeah, lots of snow. That's awesome. Snow, lots of snow. snow, snow. No, oh, I'm so excited. I hope that's true. I hope so too. I hope Our high is actually 79 tomorrow. We got to do a working day together, Julia. 
You know what's now not we wonderful work though? What's not wonderful or what is wonderful? What's not wonderful? What's not wonderful? The Big, Big Bang, Bang Theory. Theory. Oh, you know, we're going to have words tonight, aren't we? Like we're going to have words tonight. Okay. I tried um, watching it around Christine and she was really cranky. And she's like, how many of these episodes do you have to watch? And I'm like, Christine, I'm only on this. I she doesn't this like second. it either. She used to. She was just on the second one. She's like, I just can't deal with how pretentious this is. And I looked at her and I was like, I don't think pretentious as a pejorative. <laughs> so. All right. We are stepping back into the land of television for one of my favorite TV shows, whether it is or is not shared opinion by my co-hosts. Um, the Big Bang Theory. Our whole universe was in a hot, dense state that nearly 14 million years ago expansion started. Wait, the Earth began to cool, the autotrophs began to drool, Neanderthals developed tools, we built a wall. We built the pyramids, math, science, history, unraveling the mystery that all started with the Big Bang. We're going to split this one up and do two separate episodes. You're welcome. Where we get to talk about the big thing, big bang theory. You're welcome again. Um, so tonight it will be the first three episodes, um, in order of season. So the big bang theory as a whole, let's talk about that first, uh, TV show on I believe NBC. Is that correct? CBS. 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 Like all of um, Chuck Lorre's others. I was about to say, where is Chuck Lorre's stuff at? Um, it is a Chuck Lorre production. Um, it won lots of awards when it was on television. It had a, how many season run? Wow. 12, 12 seasons. Season. Uh, we were just talking about shows that dwindle the longer they're on television and shows that nail the finale actually off recording because I'm watching Big Bang, uh, Breaking Bad at this moment, um, I think stayed pretty consistent. Um, I'll start with my history. We watched this one sort of when it was on TV live, right? Um, at some seasons we DVR'd it and ended up watching them that way, but this is a staple in our household now as it plays in syndication at night on whatever channel it is that we watch on. TBS. <laughs> there we go. We got the laughs. That's right. Um, Marty and I can quote a lot of these episodes. We've seen them so much. Um, he really can. Um, I am a big fan of this show. Um, and I have told Hannah and Ethan, they both need to watch it. And Hannah watched one of these episodes with me today and she was cracking up. So I'm hoping we've got another fan in the family. Um, premise for those of you that are not familiar with Big Bang Theory as a whole is we've got a group of friends that work at Caltech together that live, some of them live in an apartment building with and near their friend, Penny, who is outside of the science space. So effectively it's Penny interacts with four nerds, which is expanded oh, as the seasons go on. Penny is kind of the audience's viewpoint, right? Cause the first episode mm -hmm has Penny moving into that building across from them and meeting them. And each of these four nerd characters have their own brand of nerd. The one everybody knows the most is Sheldon Cooper, played by Jim Parsons. Um, he's arguably the one that won the most awards for the show. Um, 
And then you've got Johnny Galecki, who we have covered before on the show. Well, I guess we've covered Jim Parsons too. When we, we did, did in that buddy the, the elf animated. Cartoon. That's right. Uh, Johnny Galecki plays Leonard Hofstetter, who rooms in it has been friends with Sheldon the longest of all the people on the show. They have the closer relationship. And then we have Simon Helberg, who I don't believe we've covered, plays Howard Wallowitz, who is constantly made fun of by Sheldon for just being an engineer. And the he friend, only has a master's. <laughs> the fourth friend is. Have we had Canal on the show? I mean, we haven't had him on the show, but have we covered Canal anywhere? Probably not. No. No. Okay. Um, Canal Nayar, who plays Raj Kutherpali. Um, that's your core of friends. And then Penny interacts with all of them. At some point or another, she is either dating or not dating Leonard Hofstetter, which leads to some hilarity and makes is important for two of the episodes we're covering tonight. Um, other than that, there's some sideline characters we'll talk about on an episode to episode basis, but as a whole, Anthony Caruso, what's your feelings on the big bang theory? So I watched this from the beginning, um, which was 2007 and I watched it all the way through when Sarah and I started dating and she moved in with me, I got her into it. We both really enjoyed this show. I still really enjoy the show. However, I think it's aged badly in the sense that, well, in the sense that when it started, the whole idea of nerd culture was kind of on its way out. At least the nerd culture they depict where girls don't get, women don't get into that and the guys who are just like antisocial losers. Like that was 2007. 2008 showed The Dark Knight. Uh, it had Iron Man. That was really when comic book culture in particular took off among mainstream audiences. That's when mainstream audiences realized, oh, it's not just this really nerdy, geeky thing, and we can mm-hmm. enjoy this too. Women as well. So, like, to see, to watch it back now, like, so it started kind of at the end of disparaging nerds as people traditionally did and went on Mm -hmm. for 12 years now watching it back now when we're 25 movies into the mcu and every comic book movie star wars movie everything that comes out makes a billion dollars plus and seeing all the really gorgeous popular women into all this stuff too like it's not just you know like so it's really weird watching it now to see them constantly disparaging it to see the jokes about how women never enter the comic book shop or how uh you know pet like penny doesn't understand any of their geeky references half the time because that's not mm-hmm. true to life right like even the non comic even the non geeky guys that penny has dated throughout the course of the show statistically they'd be seeing Marvel movies in real life, just judging how much money they make and how general Mm -hmm. audiences are into them. So watching it back, I find it a little hard to believe that they're still outcasts in the year 2019. (laughs) Um, Okay. So in that sense, it didn't age well. I still find it funny. Me and Sarah went through a whole uh, few years of watching it like you, Julia like you and marty like almost every night on tbs but we haven't done that in a while 
but watching mm-hmm. the Christmas episodes today, I found myself laughing. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I'll, you know, flip on some now. Like, I'll go through this phase now of catching reruns on TBS for a while. Yeah. So. Nice. I mean, am I wrong am I, about any of that? Can you see where I'm coming no, from? No, I, I get your point. Okay. I do. No, I get your point. Um, I probably think it ages better than you do. But um, because they seem a lot more immersed in, I can make the distinction between comic book and movie, right? Right. Um, I think if the show was still on today, like Penny would have absolutely seen the movies, but she still would have had Sheldon and guys like dissecting how the movies were different from the comic books and how they were upset with how they bastardized the comic, right? You'd have some of them doing that and some of them not like they do when, you know, when the, the what's it called came out one of the star wars franchise came out um yeah, yeah. in the last two seasons and which is okay, one of my yeah, favorite episodes okay. as well <laughs> but i don't know that's fair i'm more on the penny side though than i am on right like your side because i don't have comic book context right, right. so i can see that so are you spell. telling listeners you're the penny of this show <laughs> they and tom yeah probably i'm the penny <laughs> I'm the penny, hands down. No, you're the Howard. <laughs> oh, he's not Howard. Nobody deserves to be Howard. Howard's the pervy one of the group. I'm just going to say that. I want to remind everybody who the, who the pervert of the group is. What are your feelings about the Big Bang Theory as a show? And Christine, uh, too, li- since we pulled spouses into this. We liked it back in the day. We used to watch it at our old house. Uh, then we had, when we did have DVR, I would DVR it and watch it uh i haven't watched it at all lately except for this uh i think i still like it it's not one of my favorites that i'll go back and rewatch over and over again it's not up there with like parks and rec or the office for me or brooklyn 99 um i think i like that style of comedy more now well i don't know Mm -hmm. we still watch king of queens i like it Mm -hmm. but uh it's positive i won't turn it off if it's on okay so I'm the biggest fan then. Okay. Who's your favorite? Um, who's your favorite? Who's your favorite main character and ancillary character? Um, I like Raj. I, I think Raj is a sweetheart. And of the girls, I really like Bernadette. She is smoking. No, she doesn't smoke at all. All I know is I've seen a movie and I know it's a body double where she was a gymnast and there's a sex scene and that girl, oof. You're really solidifying your Howard. And we're back to Howard. (laughs) Um, I mean, I think favorite for me is between Penny and Sheldon. Um, And then Ancillary, Amy Fair Fowler is my favorite. (laughs) Because I love her so much. You do not like her, do you, Anthony? (laughs) Somebody really doesn't like Amy. Not the biggest fan of Sheldon either. They're, oh, anno- really? they're like geeky to the point of annoying. Both of them. I like them. What about you, Tom? I have a hard time picking. Mine's either Leonard or Raj. I like them both very much. I, I think Leonard gives an emotional depth that none of the other characters have. Mm. And uh, as far as ancillary characters... I really like the way Kripke trolls Sheldon a lot. 
but I also like how Will Wheaton f- rejects Sheldon so often. Solid. That's fair. Yeah. I, I, although I do want to push back. Yes, you're right that Leonard just probably gives the most emotional depth of all the characters, but they have all had their emotional moments, like Howard when his mom died. And uh, yeah. even in what, something we'll discuss in tonight's episode, when you find out about why Sheldon doesn't really like Santa or Christmas. <laughs> yep. Okay, so let's get into episodes then so we can get to that goodness. Um, the first Christmas episode that aired for the Big Bang Theory came in the second season, um, season two, episode 11 specifically, and this one aired on December 15th, 2008. Um, it is called The Bath Item Gift Hypothesis. A uh, high-level scenario or high-level synopsis. Uh, Leonard is disappointed when Penny develops an interest in an attractive physicist at the university. Meanwhile, Sheldon struggles to find an appropriate Christmas gift for Penny. All right. Okay. I'm going to just start out. I relate with Sheldon here so much. About the gift giving? It's an obligation. The fairness of the gift giving. I do not like gift giving because of the underpinned reciprocity expectation that goes into it. That's how Sarah feels too. I don't, I don't feel that way when I give gifts, but when somebody gives me a gift, there's an, I have this obligation, like, yeah, oh, it's what I'm giving them. Yeah. I felt 100% like Sheldon. Okay. So let's break it down. There's two main storylines in this one. Um, first we've got, um, the gift giving scenario, right? Where Penny very early in the episode comes over, um, mentions that they don't have a Christmas tree. And that's a whole scene with some funny quotes because Sheldon is not a Christmas fan, which will carry us throughout all of the Christmas episodes. Um, But she's got some gifts in her hands and he is distressed because she tells him one of them are for him. And he has this thing with reciprocity where he's like, if you've given me a gift, that means I have to get you a gift and I haven't gotten you a gift. And how do I get you a gift that matches the gift you got me without knowing what you got me? And he starts to stress out and spiral about it. So we have that storyline working and the other storyline we have is this physicist dave um shows up at caltech and all of the guys are fangirling about him because he won a macarthur um grant everyone except leonard initially because he Correct. disproved except all of initially. leonard's like research that's right that's right so he's a little salty until dave who is very attractive and doesn't look to anthony's point back when this was filmed right like your standard nerd guy right um he doesn't fit the stereotype that the show sets up for him um he's tall and handsome and cool right and everybody's fawning over him except for leonard until he shows interest in leonard and wants to work alongside him at which point leonard feels validated and decides uh yeah let's hang out Um, what you've never seen a hypocrite before (laughs) that's right so leonard is hanging out with him and because it makes him feel cool um because he's like an idol for you know the guys and this guy ends up seeing penny at some point while helping leonard up to his apartment um and obviously penny is attracted and this guy is attracted to penny so they start doing some light dating uh, which distresses leonard to a certain point they are not dating at this point um, but that whole undercurrent, if you've not watched the show, um, Penny and Leonard and Leonard and Penny, um, is kind of a back and forth thing where Leonard kind of liked her from the first moment he saw her. 
So the way that plot line resolves itself is Dave, while he is this super genius guy, is a real scumbag. And Penny is really upset one night after a date. Um, and Leonard comes over asking what's wrong because apparently this guy had <laughs> nudie pictures on his phone of his wife while he was trying to take nudie pictures of Penny. And Leonard's and like, he, he was going to, you were letting him take nudie pictures. And she's like, that's <laughs> what you took from this. <laughs> <laughs> so there's Tom, some shoulder. That just reminded on. me of Tom. What? That, 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 that's, that what Tom would, that's what Tom would take from that situation too. That is what I would take from the situation. Wait, you were getting mm-hmm. naked for that guy? And then I <laughs> then I would just bathe in my virginity. That's right. Um, so we have a sweet moment at the end of the episode where Penny's kind of leaning on Leonard because Leonard's a good guy and he's consoling her. The way more interesting part of the episode is the gift-giving escapade. So Leonard ropes uh, Raj and Howard into taking him to the mall where he can said gifts for Penny. Um, and he's struggling in a, was effectively a bath and body work sort of, um, on what to get, what one, what to get a female two, what to get Penny as a female and three, what to get her that will compensate for what she's getting him. And so he ends up buying a whole bunch of baskets and, uh, he's like, with a great plan of, I'm just going to have all of these so that when she gives me the gift, I will then compensate justly and return the rest. Not a bad That is honestly a beautiful plan that- It's pretty great. I need to start doing stuff like that. (laughs) It's a pretty great plan. Leave it to Sheldon to come up with that. I love though, what Penny gets him. Oh, okay. All right. So this episode is fine. It like really uh, the episode it's the is least the least Christmassy of the three tonight. It is absolutely. And even it's not as funny as the other two either to me. Which um, I will attest it was early on in the show's run, as we've seen with almost it was. every other comedy we've covered. You know, it takes a few seasons to get into that stride and the chemistry and yeah. Know, even like this the office, is. right? Like the decorations just get more beautiful each season. And the same is done here. Like Leonard and Sheldon don't even have a Christmas tree this year. Correct. Correct. However. Wait, wait. It's the not last... they just don't have one. It's that Sheldon has a moral opposition to them. He does. Which he relaxes some in previous, in, in seasons after that. But the last six minutes of this episode really make it for me. Because... It's Christmas morning or something like that, right? Is it Christmas morning? She does I come thought over. it was closer to like, you know, Christmas Eve, like kind of new girl. They were celebrating before all going home. To the- Okay. I wasn't clear on that. But she shows up with presents and Leonard is prepared, right? Um, and so she hands him the gift and he starts to unwrap it and she, for background, those that don't know, Penny works at the Cheesecake Factory um, as a waitress. She's also an actress from time to time. So he's opening up the present and he opens it up and it's a napkin from a restaurant. It's one of those cloth napkins. And he's like, thank you. <laughs> it's a napkin. And she's like, turn it over. On the napkin is written to Sheldon. Live long and prosper, Leonard 
Nimoy. He apparently had come in to eat and she had asked him to sign the napkin so she could give it to Sheldon. He loses it because one, he is a massive Nimoy fan. He comes up at various points throughout the show and it's run in some form or another. Um, two, she says, I don't even remember how it comes up, but she says at a certain point, she's like, well, he wiped his mouth on it. And that's where Sheldon really loses it because he's like, this napkin has Leonard Nimoy's DNA on it. And, and I like how like, that I guess. kind of like played with the expectations because for a second you think he's going to be grossed out, but no, right? He's happy. No, he. Nor- I wonder if he w- if his character would have been so excited later. So he says, um, effectively, he has Spock's DNA, and he can with it with an ovum he can grow his own Leonard Nimoy. And it's very funny. But my favorite thing about this show, there is a live person watching the recording of this episode who has the best laugh and he is banging out that laughter as soon as this whole napkin thing starts and like i picture him in my mind he has got to be just a tall massive bearded gentleman this guy's laugh is like the most magnificent thing in the world so every time this episode comes on marty and i are laughing more at this guy's laughter than we actually are at what's in the show because at one point marty's like listen to that guy laughing in the background (laughs) and it's magnificent plus the leonard nimoy stuff's really funny um what's super cute about this scene though which i do like the penny and sheldon relationship of all the relationships in the show it's my favorite relationship um he doesn't know how to thank her. So he gets every gift basket that he bought and he's like, it's still not enough. And so he hugs her, which is a thing in the show because she's this hugger and he is not a hugger. And so that's a very sweet moment. Um, and then Leonard and Penny exchange a gift and it's cute and sweet as well. And it definitely hints at their affection for each other, which grows in subsequent episodes. So, and I, and I love that when Sheldon hugs Penny, Leonard's like, oh, it's a Saturnalia miracle because that goes back to earlier on why Sheldon explaining to Penny, well, Christmas is a, essentially a load of malarkey. It's based on the Saturnalian festival, blah, 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 blah. So it was a nice call back to the beginning of the episode. Yes, they're good at that. They're really good at that. So you know the napkin was really signed by Leonard Nimoy, right? That's Was cool. it? Yeah, it really was. I'm just going to say this because uh, I already said I don't really like Sheldon. Uh, (laughs) Reason number 500, he's a Star Trek over a Star Wars fan. (laughs) (laughs) That just reminds me of my brother. That's not Um, a detriment. The Herald Dispatch in 2019 ranked this episode the best Christmas TV episode of all time, which calm down the Herald Mm. Dispatch. So I clicked on the Herald Dispatch. They service West Virginia, Ohio, and Kentucky. So that explains a lot (laughs) looking at their uh, elected officials. But best episode of all time? I don't think so. (laughs) It's not very Christmassy. No, Um, it's not. Christmas is a love thought in this one. Yeah, I love the gift-giving bit at the end, but overall the episode is not very strong to me. Um, And if we didn't... If I didn't have that cast member or if I didn't have that audience member laughing so heartily in the background, it 
probably wouldn't be as funny as I think it is today, even though the napkin bit is quite funny. Can we do quotes? Who, anybody think it is a very Christmassy episode? Anyone? I do not. Christmas is an afterthought no. this one, even when it comes to decorations. Like I will say, yeah. I, well, it's a Christmas episode. Like Christmas is part of the plot. So there's no denying that, but it just does not give me any type of Christmas feels. Any no, even the gifts. I like when ha- Sh- Sheldon, first of all, forces Howard and Raj to take him Christmas shopping for Penny because he doesn't drive. And uh, <laughs> they begrudgingly do it because they always do because if they say no to him, he just harasses them essentially until he gets his way. Um, I like that he picks out a basket and Howard's like, no, yep, here you go. That's fine. And he's like, no, I don't know if it is. So he goes up to the shopkeeper. He's like, excuse me, miss. And the shopkeeper's like, yes. And he's like, if I were to give you this gift basket based on that action alone and no other data, infer and describe the hypothetical relationship that exists between us. And the woman's like, uh, excuse me? And Sheldon's like, here. Now, are we friends, colleagues, lovers? Are you my grandmother? And the woman's like, I don't understand what you're talking about. And you're making me a little uncomfortable. And Howard's like, see, sounds just like you and Petty. We'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) I like, at the beginning of the episode, they're playing Wii bowling, which is funny to me how old it looks like I had a Wii and I thought it was like dang awesome. And then now I was like, wow, that was rough. But Raj, um, most of them are bowling. Um, but Raj goes trailing badly. Wallowitz needs a strike. If he has any hopes of catching up with Sheldon Cooper, who is dominating in the ninth frame with a career best 68. (laughs) I love how they have their bowling shirts on for it. (laughs) He's putting powder on his hands. Sheldon to use the Wii (laughs) controller. I have another one of Tom. Tom, do you have one? I have a few, but go right ahead. I already could tell I stole some of your thunder earlier. It's the very beginning of the episode, and I love it because these are the type of conversations I have had with friends, and they're all sitting around the cafeteria at the at the school. Howard, (laughs) Sheldon, Raj, and Leonard. discussing superman like he's a real person with real powers and sheldon says your argument is lacking in all scientific merit now it's well established superman cleans his suit by flying into earth's yellow sun which incinerates any containment matter and leaves the invulnerable kryptonian fabric unharmed and daisy fresh and howard's like what if he gets something kryptonian on it and sheldon's like like what and howard says i don't know Kryptonian mustard. And Sheldon's like, I think we can safely assume all Kryptonian condiments were destroyed when the planet Krypton exploded. And Raj is like, or it turned into mustard kryptonite, the only way to destroy a real Kryptonian hot dog threatening Earth. And Leonard's like, Raj, please, let's stay serious here. <laughs> oh, I love uh, it. Can you imagine how hard it would have been to memorize your lines for the show? Like, really? Yeah, for um, it would be hard. I want y'all to go back and watch the beginning when Dave Underhill comes in. He sits down with people and he changes seats three times in the first 15 seconds. He's in there. <sighs> Are you serious? <laughs> Love it. I did like when uh, Leonard had Dave Underhill's bike fall on him. He said he was in a cycling accident, a motorcycling accident, and he couldn't even lift up the bike. 
and Dave Underhill's helping him up the stairs and Penny asks him, how do you know Leonard? And he says, I'm a physicist. And she just starts laughing. No, you're not. Why is that so surprising? Well, it's just the physicists I know are all indoorsy and pale. And uh, I like Leonard's response. He says, I'm not indoorsy. I just wear the appropriate sunblock because I don't take melanoma lightly. Okay, there is a quote here that I want to read, but it's kind of long. So Julia, can you be Penny? And Tom, you be Howard? And I'll be Sheldon. Is it the Saturnalia one? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I'll be Penny. Hey, Sheldon, are you and Leonard putting up a Christmas tree? I'll no, because we don't celebrate the ancient pagan festival of Saturnalia. Saturnalia? Gather around, kids. It's time for Sheldon's beloved Christmas special. In the pre-Christian era, as the winter solstice approached and the plants died, pagans brought evergreen boughs into their homes as an act of sympathetic magic intended to guard the life essences of the plants until spring. This custom was later appropriated by Northern Europeans and eventually it becomes a so-called Christmas tree. And that, Charlie Brown, is what boredom is all about. <laughs> okay, well, thank you for that. But I got you and Sheldon a few silly neighbor gifts, so I'll just put them under my tree. Wait, you bought me a present? Uh-huh. Why would you do such a thing? I don't know, because it's Christmas. Oh, Penny, I know you think you're being generous, but the foundation of gift giving is <laughs> reciprocity. You haven't given me a gift. You've given me an obligation. Don't feel bad, Penny. It's a classic rookie mistake. My first Hanukkah was Sheldon. He yelled at me for eight nights. <laughs> no, hey, it's okay. You don't have to get me anything in return. Of course I do. The essence of the custom is that I now have to go to out and purchase for you a gift of commensurate value and representing the same perceived level of friendship as that represented by the gift you've given me. It's no wonder suicide rates skyrocket this time of the year. Okay, you know what? Forget it. I'm not giving you a present. No, it's too late. I see it. That L sticker says to Sheldon. The die has been cast. The moving finger has writ. Hannibal has crossed the L. I know it's funny when it's not happening to us. I am very, very sorry, Sheldon. No, no. I brought this on myself by being such an endearing and important part of your life. I'm going to need to ride to the mall. It's happening to us. <laughs> <laughs> that was a fun scene. That was a fun scene. Did this one have a Linus moment? I mean, Penny that's what Christmas is all about. Yeah. No. Yeah, it's a sweet it moment. A sweet, but I don't what know. What part? That. Sheldon hugging Penny? Yeah, but I guess that's kind of just him being selfish, right? Because he didn't care. Yeah. Until he... It's pretty thin. I'm giving this one a six just for lack of Christmassy stuff. Uh, six seems right to me. I'll go with that as well. I was going with a five, but I feel like if I'm talking about how much I like the episode and Anthony talks about how <laughs> he's he's not such a fan, I should at least come in with Anthony, right? A six. Seems reasonable. Tom, you are up. Next up, we are going to season three, where we have episode 11, The Maternal Congruence. This aired originally on December 14th, 2009. And we have a guest star that we have seen multiple times here on our show, but not quite in the same role. Christine Baranski mm -hmm. plays Dr. Beverly Hofstetter. And she is, is great in the role. Leonard's mother. Uh, she is the if detached, cold, 
um, lacking all emotion of a mother is what you're looking for. She nailed the she nailed it on the head. It's kind of so, like her character in a Bad Mom's Christmas, actually. Just uh, it is, yeah. It is. Science she does this well. Yep. So in this episode, Leonard's mom is coming to town for a visit, and we find out at the very beginning that he has not told his mom that he and Penny are on again. They're dating right now, and um when his mom gets there he finds out that their relationship just isn't very open there's a lot of stuff that his mother hasn't told him yet that we'll get into um and we i will say this sets the stage for a nice linus moment at the end right Mm. yes this is our probably this one this episode is very christmasy and has Mm -hmm. good linus moments but uh, let's jump in. So, like I said, we're getting ready. The episode's getting ready to start. Penny's, Penny and Leonard are talking. Leonard didn't even tell Penny his mom was coming. Sheldon mentions it. And he's like, when's your mother coming? Tomorrow. When were you going to tell me? Tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, because he's kind of uh, he's embarrassed got, by his mom and also embarrassed he's dating a waitress. I don't know yeah. that he's embarrassed. I don't think he's embarrassed that he's dating a waitress. Is it so much as he knows his mother's response? Right. Yeah. His mother uh, is a noted psychologist, psychiatrist, and has written many books, yeah. including books all about Leonard's upbringing, very Ooh. sensitive subjects, which she brings up with no uh, modicum of. Mm-mm social convention at all she talks about him learning to to exploring with his body um (laughs) very openly in this episode so uh we see leonard and sheldon go to pick up leonard's mom in the car sheldon is of course sitting in the back seat with christine baranski and she (laughs) that she thanks sheldon for coming to pick her up and Leonard's like, I, I came too. I'm I'm driving the car right now. <laughs> um, and, I, I and love then, that. I love that she thanks Sheldon for the flowers when she had surgery, and Leonard didn't <laughs> even know she had surgery. And then Sheldon basically pisses all over the flowers he gave her. Like, oh, I don't really believe in them. That's a social. social. She agrees. Yeah, she she too. Like either, but She's she just female a- Sheldon. She's yep. just a she really is female version of Sheldon. So they get along very well. <laughs> they Leonard understand quasi- each other. Leonard quasi married his mother. Yes. So in the car, we find out that there's a lot of stuff going on in her life that she has not told Leonard about, but has been communicating with Sheldon about. And it's an ongoing theme. Like, so they get back to the house and Howard and uh, Raj are over. And it's an ongoing theme with her that she is convinced that Howard and Raj are dating and won't admit it to anybody. And she does not let it go. And no matter what, like Shel- uh, uh, Howard gets mad and starts yelling. She's like, well, the more impassioned you become, the more convinced I am that you're, that you have feelings. And then what was the other thing that she, there was something else she did. But then there's a, there's a part where, where, where Howard is, professing his heterosexuality and she's like oh this just hurts you know this hurts your partner when you do this in front of him yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i mean oh it's so funny but penny comes over and they don't really 
talk about the issues at all. Like they don't, hmm. she, they don't, it doesn't come out here that Penny and, Penny and Leonard are dating, but it does come out very flippantly. Um, she says something about Leonard's dad and she's like, oh, by the way, I'm divorcing your, your father. Yeah. And he's like, <laughs> when did that happen? She was like, when did Mitzi die? Sheldon, when did, when did, when did that happen? September 22nd. It was right after Mitzi died. My childhood dog died. Oh, she was old. What, what else were we supposed to do? <laughs> As if Sheldon's a part of the decision-making. Uh, but we find out that they're getting a divorce because Leonard's dad had an affair with a waitress. But uh, Penny takes Beverly out for a bar, out to the bar. They're going to go drinking and have some lady time. And they do end up drinking. And we find out that his mother is ready to flirt with all of the men at the bar. All of the bus boys. All of the bus boys. And Penny ends up telling her that she's sleeping with Leonard. <laughs> uh, not just that they're dating, that they're sleeping together. And Beverly's fine with this. And so they end up bonding. Yeah, she wants the bus boys. So they go. She wants the bus boys. But she ends up saying, you know, Leonard didn't tell me about you. You know, his mother's basically, Leonard didn't tell me about you because either uh, he's embarrassed of you or he doesn't care enough to tell me what's going on in his life. And Penny has had a few drinks and they're like, let's go confront Leonard. <laughs> That's a great idea. And they do. They've both been drinking. They confront Leonard. Um, and through this argument that ensues, come to find out Leonard wants more emotional contact or like more of an emotional connection with his mother. He wants to be closer to her. And Dr. Hofstetter ends up hugging Do Dr. Hofstetter. So again, the Linus moment is wrapped, enveloped around a hug from a Sheldon-like creature. Yes. Oh, yeah. Which is funny. And then when Leonard walks out, she enwraps Sheldon in a big old kiss. Smoochy smooch. That's right. That was really disturbing to me. And then it she was says, disturbing. It's disturbing she, to Sheldon too. She says she'd rather have the bus boy. Yep. <laughs> drunk and Sheldon's, uh, drunk Leonard's mom is pretty great. They have a cute Christmas tree in this episode. It feels more Christmas. They have a cute one. They did. Well, the episode opens up with them watching The Grinch, yep. which <laughs> was funny because Christine oh, Baranski was this. in. A version of the Grinch, which kind of made me laugh a little bit. Oh yeah, good point. She was Martha May Huvier, the Grinch's right. love interest in the live action Grinch. That's right. But Sheldon points Sheldon out Sheldon defends what is wrong with the Grinch. What's wrong with the Grinch and why he's rooting for the Grinch and how he was <laughs> with the Grinch right up to the very end when he decided to give everybody Christmas back. <laughs> <laughs> he also discusses the medical choice. condition of uh, your heart growing quickly <laughs> and why you should be concerned for the state of the physical health of the Grinch. Yeah, so right. the whole quote is the show opens up with Penny crying because who doesn't cry From, at the Grinch? Who doesn't cry at the Grinch? Yep. And she says, I always tear up when the Grinch's heart grows these sizes. And Sheldon's like, well, seems appropriate. Enlargement of the heart muscle or hypotropic cardiomyopathy is a serious disease which could lead to congestive heart failure. And Leonard's like, la, 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 la. <laughs> and he's like, you really don't like it, Sheldon? He's like, no, on the contrary. I found the Grinch to be a relatable, engaging character. And I was really with him right up to the point that he succumbed to social convention and returned the presents and saved Christmas. What a buzzkill that was. And Leonard said, 
when we watch Frosty the Snowman, he roots to the sun. And Sheldon's like, excuse me, but the sun is an essential part of life on Earth. Frosty is merely a bit of frozen supernatural ephema in a stolen hat. A crime, by the way, for which he has never brought to account. <laughs> Leonard's just like, la, 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 la. Oh, I love it so much. I, I did watching, love when I was watching. I was like, "Well, when he phrases it that way, I mean, he really did steal that hat. I can't blame the magician for wanting it back. <laughs> he didn't steal it. He found it. Binders. This is this this issue has been settled by the <laughs> Supreme Court decision of Finders v. Keepers. Um, I do like the also Sheldon wants to put at the top of the tree and bust of Isaac Newton, and Leonard just <laughs> thinks it's absolutely ridiculous. And Sheldon is convinced it's because William believe or because uh, uh, Leonard believes that Gottfried Leib- Leibniz mm-hmm. that Gottfried Leib- Leibniz yeah Gottfried Leibniz uh, was the inventor of calculus. So there's, there's this whole thing going on throughout it on on him trying to convince Leonard that Isaac Newton invented calculus. <laughs> Does it seem weird that that Leonard had a pet growing up? No, I don't like so. that. She would be the type to have a pet. That Leonard would be the son? type to have a that Leonard would be the type to have a pet. It doesn't seem no, like I think a Leonard person. would have a pet. I think he'd be horribly allergic to it, right? Because he's allergic to a whole bunch of stuff. Can I go do another quote? I love when <laughs> yeah. Pet, Penny and Bev are out at the Cheesecake Factory. And they're drunk. And Penny's like, hey, Bev, guess what? And she's like, what? And Penny's like, I'm sleeping with your son. And Bev is like, really? Which one? And Penny's like, the one from whom I live across the hall from. And Beverly's like, hmm, well, that's convenient. How did his penis turn out? And Penny's like, oh, Beverly, I, I can't talk to my boyfriend's mother about his penis. And Beverly's like, oh, fair enough. What can you tell me, if anything, about that bus boy's penis? And Penny's like, actually, I've only just had the cheesecake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You know, the parents of are some of my favorite, like, ancillary, I love ancillary characters. <laughs> I love what's Laurie Metcalf playing Sheldon's mom. Yes, Sheldon's the Cooper the Pollies. I didn't like Bridget's no. dad, but I'm not supposed to. I loved who's How- dad? Oh, Bernadette's. Bernadette's. Oh, dad. Bernadette's dad. Yeah. I loved Howard's mom. May she rest in peace. Yep. Yep. Howie. I like Stuart a lot, actually. Especially as the lo- show went on, they gave him more to do. I'm sorry. I have another quote. No, don't apologize. It's a good episode. It's it was a good episode. Yeah, very end of the episode of the dropping Beverly off at the airport or saying goodbye to her or whatever. She's like, I want you to take very care of this, good care of this young woman. And Penny's like, oh, thank you, Beverly. And Beverly's like, you're welcome. She doesn't have much in the way of career prospects. Don't make her responsible for her own orgasms as well. And Leonard's like, mother, remember when I was complaining that you don't <laughs> communicate with me enough? And Beverly's like, yes, dear. And Leonard's like... <laughs> I'm over it. And Penny's like, la, 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 la. <laughs> it's a good way to bookend the episode. <laughs> uh, I liked the, 
there was that really sweet moment with Sheldon where he said, just remember Leonard, where your biological family has failed, failed you. You always have me, your surrogate family. Leonard says, you're my surrogate family. It's like pacing out to be this special moment. He's like, if it's any consolation, I'm not happy about it either. <laughs> I love that Beverly's like, I will just pretend that Leonard's not withholding information. Although I will point out, Leonard, that I'm a trained psychiatrist and you're exhibiting the same secretive behavioral tics that accompanied your learning to masturbate. And Sheldon's like, isn't she brilliant, Leonard? How I envy you. <laughs> well just her the the level of discomfort when she talks like when she's asks penny about her dad she says is your dad uh, has he finally come to terms with his little slugger growing breasts and penny says well he sent me a football to catchers meant for christmas so i'm gonna say no (laughs) also do you do you really think so so one point of, of of one continuity problem with the christmas episodes i can't imagine Sheldon's mom and Meemaw not making Sheldon come home for Christmas every year. Yeah. 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 Especially Meemaw. Like, Meemaw. And it takes us forever to meet Meemaw, which is upsetting. Do y'all watch Young Sheldon by any chance? Or have you no, caught any of those good? episodes? It's I've caught great. some. I love the woman who plays his mom. Yeah, that's Lori Metcalf's daughter yeah, in real yeah, life. Yeah. yeah, which is just so funny to me. But no, we love young Sheldon too. Young Sheldon's great. The kid that plays Sheldon Young is like phenomenal. Like that is Sheldon Young. <laughs> it's just bizarre to me. He does did, such a good job. Did his dad? But there's yet? a ton of heart. Not yet. I don't know how they're going to do. Because I know they're building up to it because we all know he died when Sheldon was young. Well, he leaves, he cheats on his mom and leaves when Sheldon is young. Okay. And we've gotten to a point in young Sheldon where he hasn't done that yet. And Sheldon isn't that young anymore. So yeah. I don't know how they're going to do it. So, you know, we watch it because it's a good show, but we're also watching it. Cause we're like, how are they going to do this? But the tie-ins that they take from big bang theory back to young Sheldon are just so well done, like so incredibly well done. Awesome. Um, but Mima is huge in that one, right? Um, because it's what's her face that I love so much from Ghostbusters. Why can't I think of her name? Annie Potts. Yes, yeah. Annie Potts, who's just phenomenal, and I love her. Um, so that's fun to watch Sheldon and Mima's relationship when Sheldon was young. So anyway. That's a good segue to my next quote. I'm mm. sorry, I have a lot, but we, it's been a That's while a- since we had something really quotable. Yeah. Um, and it's when Penny is asking Leonard and Sheldon about Christmases when they were young, and we get a glimpse into what their childhoods were like. And Leonard's like, well, my family, holidays weren't so much celebrated as studied for the anthropological and psychological implications of human <laughs> society. And Penny's like, oh, sounds festive. Did you at least give presents? And he's like, hmm, in a way, we presented papers and then broke off into focus groups and critiqued each other. <laughs> and Penny's like, Sheldon, what about you? Did you have a Christmas tree? And he's like, oh, yes, we had a tree. We had a manger. We had an inflatable Santa Claus with plastic reindeer on the front lawn. And to make things even more jolly, there were so many blinking lights in the house they induced neighborhood-wide seizures. <laughs> that sounds magical, doesn't it? It does. It does. <laughs> I'm going to give it an eight. Yeah, I'm going to come in at eight, too. Uh, eight and a half. I like this Ooh. one a lot. 
All right. So the third and final episode we're covering tonight is uh, season, what season is this? Six. Season six is episode 11. 11 as well. Um, the Santa Simulation. So quick plot synopsis. The guys leave the girls out of a Dungeons and Dragons game, so they have an all-girls night, which Raj crashes. While playing D&D, Sheldon tells stories about his past Christmases in his youth, which ends up revealing why he hates the holiday so much. So I'm just going to say right off the top here, this is my favorite of the three. Um, not only because it's the most Christmassy to me, because as when we dive into the plot, we'll see Leonard created this whole D&D quest around Christmas, which I thought was awesome. Um, but also, we have Bernadette and Amy in this one, and they're fun additions to the cast. Mm-hmm. And also, Raj is now talking in front of Penny, because that was a big thing in earlier seasons. He couldn't talk in front of women, and now he does. Mm-hmm. And, he, uh, he could after Penny got drunk and crawled into bed with him naked, right? Was that the big I think change? It was around then, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Stuart's in this one. So this one has our full cast. And yep. I loved when the cast expanded to include the girls. So um so this episode starts off when Sheldon Sheldon. Sheldon? I like that name. <laughs> it's hard to say over and over again, isn't it? Sheldon doesn't just roll off the tongue. Uh quick. You know, me and Sarah were so into the show at the time when we adopted our cats, Shelly was Sheldon, but then we found out she was a girl, so she became Shelly. Shelly. That's funny. (laughs) So this episode starts out with Leonard, Sheldon, and Howard, um, each informing Penny and Amy and Bernadette, their significant others, that they are going to have a guy's night playing Dungeons and Dragons, and the girls are banned from participating and we see Raj talking to somebody off screen like about this wonderfully romantic night he has planned seeing the Christmas lights and dinner down by the bay <laughs> we find out he's talking to Stuart and invites him to d and and Stuart's like yeah our night just got more wild which I love <laughs> um <laughs> So the A plot is really the D&D game and Leonard's mm-hmm. a dungeon master and he has themed the game after Christmas, which annoys Sheldon at first, mm-hmm. but he eventually gets very into it. Uh, he's solving all the riddles like uh, the dungeon walls are closing in. You have to sing this song. We're in this year. And he, he had the answer. It's good. King Wenceslas. Uh-huh. Um, another one they're doing uh the bells, jingle bells, you know, mm-hmm. but he it was figured out via code, whatever. So they're all playing this game and they're about to defeat, uh, win the quest, which is to rescue Santa from the troll. When Sheldon uses his character's powers and points and abilities to backstab the rest of the group, to paralyze them, so he can shackle Santa into the dungeon for life, to be eaten by ogres because the last time he met Santa as a kid, the last time he visited Santa was when Pop Pop was sick or had just passed. Had died. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had died. Died. And Pop Pop was the only one in his family who supported his scientific 
interests. Mm-hmm. So Sheldon had sat on Santa's lap and Santa asked him what he wanted for Christmas and Sheldon wanted him to bring Pop-Pop back. But instead he got a set of Lincoln Logs, which traumatized him and turned him off Christmas mm-hmm. forever. And it's really a heartbreaking scene when you think about it, this childhood mm-hmm. trauma. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it reminds me to a lesser extent when we covered the Brady Bunch and Cindy asked Santa to bring his her mom's voice back. And I always think how hard that must be for mall Santas and, you know, Santa's helpers around the world, right? Like when kids ask yeah. them for things like that, how hard it must be. Yeah. That be they hard. can't do it. I feel like it's probably the downside to that job, the biggest downside to that job. Yeah. But, um, but it's a wonderfully acted scene and I love the little glimpses of emotion we get from Sheldon throughout the show mm-hmm. and, and uh, this is one of them like he was fantastic here um, <coughs> excuse me uh, but I do want to ask Julia so mm-hmm. did that play out on the show or she um, was a little older than five when it started right no so he's pretty young He's probably not five when it starts, but he might be close. No, he's not five because no. So he's older than that. Um, you never meet Pop Pop. I don't even think you see him in flashbacks if I think about it. Um, so he's already I don't dead know when that, the show started. Correct. Yeah. Do they ever you do know Christmas episodes? They do have Christmas episodes. Okay. I can't remember them with the clarity. I remember these, but um, but they do. We should put those on the list. Yeah, I'd be curious. Um, so the B plot of this episode, the girls are just going out on girls' night. And beforehand, they were barred from the game. So they come in and make a big show of, we're going out. And whew, they look smoking. Uh, you, and this, you and your addiction to smoking. Bernadette's wearing this little uh, sexy red number. Penny's wearing this uh, sexy black number. And Amy's Oh, which they both got Forever 21 and Amy's wearing her usual skirts that only show a bit of ankle, which Penny says she got Forever 61. There you go. <laughs> and by this point, it's funny because Raj has already died at the D&D game. So when he finds out they're going for girls' night, he's like, can I come? And they're like, no. And he's disappointed. Then Penny pokes her heads back in and she's like, come on. And Raj <laughs> is like, girls' night! Girls' <laughs> night! Woohoo! <laughs> and he runs out. Um... That's another relationship I love. I love Penny and Raj's relationship yeah. too, because she really helped him come out of his shell a lot from the beginning yeah. of the show. Yeah. Um, so, so while they're out at the club, Raj is like, you know, dropping money, he's buying them champagne and everything. He's so happy to like be out with them. Um, and they try to help him pick up a girl, essentially. Like, you're a catch, Raj. And Raj, like many people in a situation who can't uh, seem to find the other one, is like, I only want a nine or a ten. Like he has all these. High He's standards. got these high standards. Um, so they set him up with somebody at the bar, and he gets her email address, but it turns out to be a fake, like notinyourlife.com or something like that. Um, so mean. It is yeah. so mean. Um, so he comes back to the table, all sad, and gets all. He starts lamenting about how he used to like both Penny and Bernadette. Uh, and he leaves Amy out because he never found her attractive. Yeah. Um, and when he realizes how much that hurts her, Raja apologizes and they connect over their failed love lives. And 
Roush says he'd like to find someone like her one day. It was a very sweet moment. Um, and Amy's like, she feels better that she could have had him if she if uh, <laughs> if she wanted. <laughs> oh, she played him so much, didn't she? she? Yeah, she so did. Much. And it just makes Roush sad. He goes to Penny's like, now I find Amy who's unavailable attractive. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's pretty much the episode, uh, except for the final scene. <laughs> that's kind of the tag of the episode. <laughs> Sheldon goes into the living room. It's clearly a dream. Santa's there and apologizes to him for being unable to, to revive Pop Pop. But uh, he takes out a cannon, <laughs> shoots at him in revenge for being for him leaving him to be eaten by ogres. And it's just a funny way to end the episode. But this episode, I got all the Christmas feels from this one. The apartment yep. was decked out. The D&D game, every single roll of the dice was some kind of Christmas clue or puzzle they had to solve. Yeah. I love this one. And there's some real growth for Sheldon. Well, not growth, but we saw some genuine emotion from Sheldon and some growth from Raj. So Yeah. Yeah. No, this is a really good episode. I love this one. I'm pretty sure it's been a while since I've seen the show, but there's another very similar episode to this. It's not Christmas, where the guys are having a D&D night. Now the girls are supposed to go to Vegas, but the, but the girls canceled play. or something, and they end up coming back. Yeah, that's the one where they dare Sheldon to kiss Amy wherever she wants or something like that. Yeah, yeah that that's one. a good one. That's a really good episode, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. There and like all the others, there are a bunch of funny quotes, including mm-hmm. Amy and Sheldon may be my least favorite, but they are very funny. Like Amy's talking about how guys never even watched her in college. It's just like in college, I passed out a frat party and woke up with more clothes. More clothes on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was funny. Raj has a tendency throughout the show to uh, <laughs> kind of speak like Tobias Funke in the rest of development. He doesn't realize what he's saying. So with the Dungeons and Dragons, he's like, oh man, the first monster I see, I'm going to sneak up behind him, whip out my wand and shoot my magic all over his <laughs> <laughs> And Stuart's like, do you hear yourself when you say this? <laughs> did, y'all, did y'all catch the Friends reference? Which one? Uh-uh. When Sheldon says he kicks Santa in his bowl full of jelly. Oh no, I didn't. <laughs> that's, what Chandler, that's what Chandler said. Didn't get to uh, shake yeah. my belly like a bowl full of jelly. That's so I love, funny. I love when Leonard's telling Penny about the D&D game and he's like, oh, before I forget, Saturday I'm playing a little D&D with the guys. And she's like, really? That's how you're going to spend your Saturday night? And he's like, come on, I hardly ever get a chance to play anymore. And he's like, oh, you poor thing. It's having a real-life girlfriend who has sex with you getting in the way of your board games. And Leonard's <laughs> like, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I liked when Santa had the cannon and just at the end and just says, ho, 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 you big dork. <laughs> that needs to be a sticker. That should be a sticker. That should be a sticker. Um, I liked it when, as seems to happen in most of these Christmas episodes where one character questions why Sheldon hates Christmas so much, right? I like when Stuart is like, because he hasn't heard any of this yet. 
Um, Stuart goes, what's wrong with Christmas? Sheldon wearily. Oh, where to begin? Trees indoors, overuse of the words tis and twas, and the absurd custom of one stocking. Everybody knows socks come in pairs. Who uses one sock? Howard chimes in, pirate with a peg leg? Sheldon goes, actually, that helps. Thank you. <laughs> I love when Raj's D&D character is killed. And he's like, doesn't anyone have a rod of resurrection? Because if you've got one, I need it bad. Get in here with your rod and give it to me. And Stuart's like, okay, you need to say these things in your head before you say them out loud. I just find it funny how pathetic Stuart is. Like this whole show, he's the most pathetic of the group. Yes. And he's admiring the D&D, like statues, the little miniature tokens and stuff. He's like, I don't remember you buying these at my store. And Leonard's like, oh, uh, I got them on Amazon. And Stuart's like, sure, I get it. Why support a friend when you can support a multinational conglomerate that is crushing the life out of that friend? And Leonard's like, I know, but when I shop online, I could do it on the toilet. And Stuart's like, have you seen my store? The whole place is a toilet. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Okay, I'll you got something else? I do. I'm, I, <laughs> it's when Sheldon has finished, basically ruined the game for everyone. It's like, well, sorry, Mr. Kringle, but today's not your day. I'm leaving you here to rot, and I hope the ogres feast on your bones. I take the skeleton key, and I toss it into the chasm. And on the way out, I give Sam a swift kick in his bowl full of jelly. And Leonard's like, okay. So Waller, Wallowitz and Stuart are paralyzed. Santa's dead. And I picked this over having sex with my girlfriend. Sheldon's take on mixing Dungeons and Dragons and Christmas together was funny to me. He says, mixing Dungeons and Dragons with Christmas is like making a sandwich of grape jelly, the best tasting jelly and petroleum jelly, the worst tasting jelly. (laughs) I love that Sheldon is like subconsciously getting into the spirit and Leonard points out and he's like, Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, Sheldon, you're drinking eggnog. And Sheldon's like, since when is eggnog a Christmas drink? Eggs are available all year round. I've been known to enjoy this poolside. Hey, that reminded me of Tom, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that's a Tom thing to say. I was sure. waiting for that. <laughs> but then Leonard's like, come on, Sheldon. You know all the Christmas stories and the carols. You've got eggnog mustache going on. Just admit it. You're getting a little Yuletide spirit. And Sheldon's like, don't be silly. Christmas is a bunch of baloney created by the tinsel industry. <laughs> Um, Leonard brings up again how his Christmases were not great growing up. He says, I grew up in a house full of crazy academics. Instead of leaving Santa milk and cookies, we had to leave him a research paper. And in the morning, you could tell he'd been there because the paper would be graded. Sheldon says, no wonder you love Christmas. That sounds amazing. Leonard says, it wasn't amazing. I got a C minus four years in a row. Sheldon says, I'm familiar with your work. C minus was your gift. (laughs) I like when Sheldon figures out the song clue and he's like, Savati, Savati Vaklov? Is that how you pronounce it, Tom? I think. Savati Vaklov is better, is better known as kid, Good King Wenceslas from the Christmas Carol. And Howard's like, never heard of it. Must be the one Christmas song not written by a Jewish guy. <laughs> <laughs> it is the only Bohemian Christmas song or Christmas song about a Bohemian king that I know of. Oh. He sings it beautifully. He, he does. does. And I love how he, he sings the one verse and it's enough to stop the walls close again. 
And when Leonard's about to continue the game, Sheldon's like, no, you can't just sing one verse of a song. You have to sing the whole song. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Did this one have a Linus moment? Uh, Not really. No, but it felt Christmassy enough that I'm okay with that. It did. And it had like a a revealing character moment, which was nice. So in the grand scheme of things, right? Like you're peeling the layers of onion back from Sheldon. And there was a um, moment of change for Raj. It wasn't a Linus moment, but he did change a bit at the end. Or realize it's a moment of realization, I guess, for Raj. Yeah. I'm going to give it a nine. I like this. I love this one. Yeah, this one's a 9.5 for me. I'm going to come in at nine and a quarter. Gives us a 9.25, which puts it at number one so far. So the Santa simulation at 9.25, the maternal congruence at 8.167, and the bath item gift hypothesis at number with an average of six. So we shall see if that stands. Two weeks from tonight, we'll we'll find out. I am curious what people think of these three episodes, though. And the Big Bang Theory as a whole. I am especially interested in that. Um, where can people tell us what they think about all of those things, Anthony? Uh, linktree.com slash tis the podcast. They'll take you to all our social media pages. Our Facebook group in particular is most active, especially now with the Burr months about to kick off and Halloween and Thanksgiving and Christmas right around the corner. So uh, check us out there. And if you want bonus content, go to Patreon. Me and Julia just recorded an awesome episode talking everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, and by the time you listen to this, this should be going live in like a day or two. So check it out. Um, that was a lot of fun. And awesome. I just recorded, I've been getting some Halloween back content up. Uh, so your October is sufficiently spooky. I just recorded with our good friends Ron and Jay of Filmstrip Podcast and Santa Matt of North Pole Radio uh, ranking the Halloween franchise, the movies in the Halloween franchise, which is a lot of fun. I recorded with one of my best buddies in the whole world, Ken, uh, ranking the Scream franchise and uh, Santa Matt again and his friend Justin ranking the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. So lots of good stuff coming up in October. I'm sure I'm going to try to get Friday the 13th up in there too. So all the big ins. Yeah. That's what she said. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Next week, tune in next week and you can hear us cover the Godfather. Yes. So if you were like Tom and Julia and we're dreading another iteration of black Christmas that has been pushed to next year due to some schedule shuffling. So the Godfather is up. And I'll be I'm not. A, I'm not even come. for a minute. I'm not even for a minute going to apologize. <laughs> and the week after that, we have the second and last batch of the Big Bang Theory Christmas episodes. Yep. So if you want to follow along at home, that's season seven, episode eleven, the Cooper Extraction, and season eight, episode eleven, the Clean Room Infiltration. Other than that. Aside from spooky season coming up, I mean, we are counting down to a specific holiday. Um, So at this moment that you're listening to this episode, if you happen to catch it the day it drops, we are only 3,168 hours away from Christmas. That's 132 days, y'all. 
That is 18 weeks. We are under five <sighs> months. Wow. I bought my first Christmas presents this week. Nice. Psh, you guys are behind. I like it. For you two. <laughs> <laughs> oh you two were my first buy this this year oh i think that was so holds true for julia and me as well i think they were all that's each right. other's first buys that's funny. yeah yeah i have bought for y'all before i bought for anybody i'm so excited I am special. bye Ha la 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 la